Good morning, everybody. It is October 30th, just before the games are starting. We're about an hour away from kickoff of most of the games. The, uh, the Broncos and Jags are already kicking it off. They're in quarter four already, but wanted to touch base a little bit on what we bet on last week, which was pretty terrible. We had a lot of bad predictions, so sorry in advance if anybody actually listened and made bets off of what we suggested last week. But the first one I want to kick off is the, uh, the Ravens-Browns bet because Chris made a personal bet with Tyler last week about how that game would go. It was a better payout than FanDuel or any of the other apps would give to me for the for the spread there. <laughs> I believe, correct me if I was wrong, actually, but the Ravens were going in as slight underdogs, I believe, into the game. And uh, it worked out. I was glad to see that. Not only did I get my 20 bucks, but, uh, you know, the Ravens kind of got back to Ravens football. Defense was uh, was good. You know, they, they made some plays, uh, although we dropped a bunch of would have been interceptions but i think the best thing about the entire game was i think it was like 253 total yards uh rushing so back to back to baltimore football of course in true fashion though uh we did end the game with mark andrews Rashad bateman being pulled out early doesn't sound like anything too uh too serious in, in regards to the injuries but of course that's just looming for the rest of the year and then of course gus edwards who has been a major impact on the ground uh, i believe he had a, a minor hamstring pull as well uh so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Luckily, we get a little bit of a, a little bit of a break because we played on Thursday, so we're not back until next Sunday, I believe against the Saints, and then a nice bye weekend. So we'll see those Ravens bounce back here shortly. Yeah, I mean they uh, they look like the the same Ravens we've seen the last three weeks in the first half this time, um, but definitely came out of it in the second half, and that's where they got all their points mostly. I think they had ten points going to half, and they were not underdogs going into that game. I think they were three and a half point favorites. But oh, were they okay? I thought I thought they yeah. were like I thought it had shifted to like a point, like a point and a half or something favorites for the Bucks. I thought right before the game it had swapped, but maybe uh, I mean maybe they, not. against the Bucks, yes, but not against Cleveland. Oh, were, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, against favorite. Cleveland. Yeah, we definitely yeah. needed to. Yeah, yeah. So but, the game yeah, was I mean, it ugly. was another ugly game. I mean, Lamar still looked. I mean, it looked really bad in the first half. They did come out, and you know, luckily it was better than what they did. But that first half, it it just. It doesn't seem like, you know, things are figured out there. You know, Isaiah likely, likely came in for Andrews. You know, he had a good game. Yeah, um, for, the Bucks, for the Bucks game, yeah. Yeah, against the against the Browns, really, Nick Nick Chubb is the the driving force behind them. Unfortunately, Jacoby Brissett is what he is, waiting on Deshaun Watson still. Yeah. And I think it's still funny, although he's so highly rated. I just don't see Miles Garrett getting as much action as you would think someone, you know, being touted as, like, the number one defensive end in the league is right so like it's just it's it's interesting to me i think they're still a, a little bit on the hype train but when deshaun watson comes back we'll see if they can piece it together at all i mean they're another two and five team they get cincinnati on monday night which maybe yes. we'll get into Could but be tough yeah it's uh they, they're looking like they're gonna ride the bottom of the afc with uh or afc north anyways with pittsburgh until watson comes back anyways which that'll be interesting i mean if you remember back to preseason we got to see a little good. bit of deshaun watson and that was not good and and a lot of people that I've talked to have said, like, you know, like, hey, well, he hasn't been playing football and this and that. And you, everyone remember out there is that well, during his 11-game suspension, as soon as the regular season started, he's not allowed in the facility. He cannot practice with the team. He pretty much has relatively – I mean, still has contact with him, obviously, but uh, I don't believe that they can work him out or or, or anything. So he's doing everything off, uh, off the field, assuming he's above board on that. And uh, so I definitely think he's going to have a learning curve. Definitely going to have a – get back into the motion of things and uh i think that'll take a couple weeks for sure so i do think cleveland's gonna be towards the bottom still he as um, we projected 
yeah, he uh, he definitely, you know, could come in and look like a rookie, you know. It's almost been two years since he'll actually come in and play a, a regular season game. No, I'm with you. I think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. And... Yeah, definitely. And it's not even that he's been out for two seasons. It's a new coach, new system, new players, new everything. So it's two years of not playing and then completely changing what he used to do. Right, so, no time to yeah. learn the new system, yep. So I was having to travel last week, so I didn't get to exactly watch it. But as I was flying through the air, apparently Buccaneers also were flying through the air and had quite a terrible crash against the Panthers last week. What the hell happened? Can you somebody give me a synopsis of what I missed during that game? Brady's yeah. going through a lot. Yeah, I was going to say that. That poor <laughs> is going through a lot. I mean, I, I, I don't know. You know, the, it, it's always so hard because I've, I've had to take my medicine so many times betting against Brady or saying he's bad or whatever it is. He's 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 zero three the last three weeks. Um, obviously losing to Pittsburgh and Cleveland or Carolina being you know some of the bottom teams is is bad. He got smoked by Carolina. One of the things about Brady that that was a stat that always kind of sticks out is that whenever he gets interior pressure, uh, he does really really poorly. And so I think a lot of good defenses have been able to get pressure up front. He makes those incomplete passes and uh, yeah they they definitely look in shambles for the talent they have on the team. Uh, Leonard Fournette I think got his first touchdown this this past thursday against the ravens in the first quarter is like the first of the year so just really not able to close out drives and uh you know move the chains like he normally does but with that being said i can't tell you how many seasons i've looked at tom brady even on the patriots or even earlier and it's like you know they're they're right above 500 you know they're an eight and four team an eight and six team or something and then they make playoffs and that's really where tom brady i think has most of his powers that experience and in those primetime playoff games and what they, you know, what they need to execute. So I don't think the Buccaneers are out necessarily because the division is weak, but they need some help. They do yeah, not look good. Four <laughs> against the now two and five Panthers, but looking at some of the stats from that game, all I can tell is that, I mean, they had more time of possession of the ball, not by much, only about a minute more. They didn't have any interceptions. They didn't have like a crazy amount of sacks allowed or anything like that. It was just what they were doing with the ball while they had the ball. So better, yeah, so the, the interesting game. stat for that game really is if you go look at P.J. Walker, who is the third-string quarterback, the one that has replaced Baker Mayfield uh, and Sam Darnold due to their injuries, uh, which I believe Baker Mayfield is coming up this week to still be the the uh, the backup. But P.J. Walker had like 22 receptions. Of the 22, 16 of them, I believe, were like 20-plus yards. He actually had the best over 10-yard passing ratio in the league that week. So, P.J. Walker, um, you know, showed signs of life. I think this is kind of interesting as you see backup uh, quarterbacks or new people come in. You'll see them do well for a week or two until defensive coordinators kind of can sniff out what they do, and then uh, and then they fall apart. So, so we'll see how long they can defense, sustain. They're really beat up. I mean, they are allowing bad offenses to be able to move the ball on them and you know like you said it's kind of like 50 50 time possession with carolina if you look at carolina i think they're one of the worst teams in time of possession i think they are one of the quicker three and out teams um in the league so for tampa to be you know almost a 50 50 split with the team that you know almost ranks towards you know last in time of possession i, I think really shows that 
you know, Brady needs a good defense to be able to do what he's doing on offense. And you look on the offensive side, too, they're, you know, pretty beat up. They're missing a um, few key linemen. Yep. You know, Godwin's done with injuries. Evans done with injuries. Cameron Braid's done for the year. So they got another yeah, tight end in there. You know. Yeah, and then actually like, this. Why did the Bucks uh, allow so many rushing yards compared to. Well, this this past week, too, on Thursday against the Ravens, they uh, Shaq Barrett went down and, and uh, I believe tore his Achilles. Or, so he'll be yep. out for the rest of the season. So, I mean, that's a. You're talking a top linebacker, a guy that makes many tackles for them in a lot of plays, and he actually did earlier in the game. Um, to your point, Tyler, the Bucks. I think even before like week one or week two it was real early. Uh, Jensen, the center, was out. I think they had lost the right, uh, not a guard, but a right tackle as well. I, I'm pretty sure he just has Tristan Wirfs left. That's about all he's got left on the on the offensive that line. Is. So he's uh, he's definitely struggling, and and we're seeing it. And so uh, we always say that when he's older quarterbacks start declining like uh drew Brees for those couple last years ben for those last couple of years you're seeing it with russell wilson right now and and who knows maybe tom brady's just i mean matt ryan <laughs> i mean maybe it's just really is the time although he's he's beat father time for quite a long time maybe 45 is uh was the right call to retire tom yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't have all those other pieces he's had in the past this year you know the coach and all the weapons on both sides of the ball you know, dealing with some personal issues, whatever it may be. I just think this is a team that um, is relying on him to do more than what he's capable that a 45 of doing. Year old man is yeah. capable of doing. When you see Brady trying to scramble for first downs, you know they have problems. Yeah. If that's if that's the if that's the play they're going with, so yeah, not great. But uh, moving forward off the Bucks here, I think we've shit on Tom Brady more than enough for this morning for right now. Until he comes back and wins three straight, but who, who else is up on the board here? In the playoffs, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The Packers and the Commanders commanding the lead last week, which I think was a complete upset as well, too. Yet another bad was a it was a complete upset yeah. again. I I feel uh, Taylor Heineke for the most part is a decent backup, and again I think they struck gold with it. You have a guy that's coming in that they didn't have a severe amount of tape on. They probably didn't study too much for. If I remember correctly, Carson Wentz was ruled out not necessarily like with that much time to prep so i think maybe that taylor heineke kind of came out and washington too is also kind of on the verge of like if we don't start winning games we're going to be severely left behind especially in that uh in that division so um kind of they need to they needed to win and then uh yeah green bay's falling apart i mean it is what it is again here we go here's aaron Rodgers trying to be someone that is you know a 24 year old that can run around and make plays and, and and carry the team and he's just maybe not that guy anymore I mean, although i do think he's the best passer of the football differential on the passing yards but again rushing yards completely blown out by the commanders 166 to 38 from green bay mm-hmm. so that's yeah like, i think antonio gibson had a big big game well yeah green bay too like their defense is really based on their um it really relies on their corners, so their defensive backs. They got good defensive backs there, but you can run on Green Bay. And again, like on the offensive side of the ball, it's a defense gets worn down the more that you know you run the ball. That's why teams try to establish the run because you wear down that defensive line, you wear down those linebackers. One hundred percent. And yeah. then after a while, you know, it, it sucks hitting a guy that's running at you over and over and over. You know, sometimes you don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So you know, when your offense can't get going, and you know, Aaron Rodgers is again, he's Chris had mentioned, you know, he he's another quarterback that is being relied on to do all these things, and he has no receivers. He has, you know, an okay running back tandem, but it looks like Green Bay's completely jumped ship on AJ Dillon. I don't know what's going on there, um, but you know, 
Dobbs is having drops, so Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust him. Cobb's dealing with injuries. You got, you know, Lazard, Lazard is constantly injured. out. Christian Watson's not being able to get out there. So Anderson when you're off, fifteen minutes of time of possession. That's crazy. Yep. So when so when you're Green Bay and you're third and six and your receivers are dropping the pass and you're just getting upset and now your defense has got to go out there and the other team you know with Taylor Heineke who I do believe is actually probably a better quarterback than Carson Wentz I don't know why they ever made a trade for Carson Wentz I don't know what they saw in Indy with Carson Wentz but you had Taylor Heineke last year he was able to do what he was able to do you know he is probably a backup quarterback but. Carson Wentz is not the guy that you trade for that you think is an upgrade from Taylor Heineke. You proved that last year in Indy. But anyways, with the running game, you got Brian Robinson back and Antonio Gibson. And, you know, if it is Heineke's first game, you know, playing, starting, you know, they're just going to run the ball. And, you know, if Green Bay can't score, they're just going to keep running it into Green Bay over and over and over. And that keeps the time going. It keeps mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers off the field. He is a playmaker, but, you know, it, these long drives too, like, 72 it's it's all the it's all the strategic move of football right it's so like like a lot of teams like you want to establish the run you want to establish it early right and that's to tyler's point is you're trying to beat the defense down and keep them tired and open up the play action and and, and some deep shots downfield and what happens is when you control the clock like that and you're also running the ball well on people even aaron Rodgers or like these really good quarterbacks i mean we even saw it with patrick Mahomes in the super bowl um it, it, years ago is that like if you if you create this pressure and you have you create the game where they don't get the ball a lot and they have to score because they're coming from behind it requires them to play a certain strategy right hey we have to pass the ball downfield because we if we try and run and we don't make it or we run and take too much time we won't be able to catch back up if we're down by 10 or you know two possessions or whatever it may be so it requires the offense to pass more so the problem with that is is then it requires more sacks there requires more pass protection why receivers have to be able to make a play and unfortunately in his case uh you know the defense stepped in and, and really shut him down so uh the, yeah the commanders pretty much controlled him from start to finish it was another uh another ugly game for uh and it came down A-A-Ron. to the last couple of seconds it was close but at the same time the stats tell that that story right i mean i it, exactly so like you can even look at like again i know we're, we're the week ahead there but like even baltimore uh, and and buccaneers like they landed pretty close in terms of total score but when you watch that second half they were controlled you know what i mean and so so washington although it was relatively close i still think washington controlled the game for the most part so oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah definitely agree all right we'll touch base on one or two more from last week but I thought that we all agreed that the Kansas City and San Francisco game last week was going to be a pretty good one. It was, uh, yeah, we, I mean that was the Super Bowl 2.0. National. We know what Jimmy G's. You got Kittle versus. Yeah, Kelsey. we know Jimmy. We kind of know what Jimmy G's ceiling is, and that's kind of always been his big knock on him is that like, he's a good, consistent quarterback. You know, assuming he stays healthy out of September, which it looks like he does, so that's that's good for him. Um, but he has limitations. You know what I mean? And so I think we saw that. I think I think the. The Niners will still rev up. I still think they're going to do well in the division. I still think the coaching is good. The addition of Christian McCaffrey, I think, will only get better as weeks go on as they start to use him in different schemes and different looks. But, yeah, the Chiefs are um, – Chiefs and the Bills, those are just those teams, man, where if you're not putting up 30 or 40 points, it's going to be a tough week for you. Yeah, and I think um, I think with San Fran, like they, I said last week, I think they will with this um, acquiring Christian McCaffrey. I do now have them – as my Super Bowl, I'm sorry, NFC champions going to the Super Bowl. Um, I know they lost to Kansas City, didn't look good, but 
a full week with Christian McCaffrey there. I know Debo's out this week. Yeah. But going forward, I think this offense with Shanahan and, you know, when Debo comes back and Ayuk and these other guys kill, I, I do agree that Jimmy is capped, but Shanahan's really good at getting the ball into his playmaker's hands as quick as possible. Agreed. So yeah. I don't think, you know, Jimmy G's going to have to do too much. You know, he's just going to... You know, dump it off to McCaffrey, hand it to McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk. You tell me. I don't know. I think right. it's gonna it's gonna go wherever, and I think it's gonna look just like Kansas City of the NFC. I think there's just gonna be, you know, a team. You look at the the Chiefs and how they won, and it was a, a big game from Juju. You know, which in previous weeks maybe hasn't been, and the the next week it's this guy, and the next week it's this guy. Kelsey has four touchdowns this week. It doesn't. You don't know who to guard in Kansas City because yeah, everyone which makes it really every, difficult. Right. Yeah. So I think that San Fran, when they come out, they play the Rams, um, which I think will be a pretty good game, you know. Yeah, like the, de- the defense is good, but I just, yeah, that team is speedy as hell, man, the, the Niners yep. are. And, and I, I totally agree. Kyle Shanahan is, and we've talked about this a little bit off the air here, is like, it's really interesting to actually see who's an offensive-minded coach, as I think a lot of defensive uh, coaches are out there these days. Like, you know, you got your Bill Belichick's, your Pete Carroll's. I mean, these guys are just like masterminds but then like you start looking at like offensive people and it's like okay i see andy Reid and kyle shanahan you know and like you know you might be able to stick in like like a matt lafleur i think in there maybe like you know obviously like sean McVay. i if he's an, i think he's an offensive money coach and um so it's kind of interesting to see like how they interact when they play people but it, I, I also think the christian mccaffrey trade was partially for trey lance and not so much for jimmy g i think that they got to see a little bit of trey lance before he got hurt he needs a little bit of help, and I think you're totally right. I think they're going to take the ball out of Trey's hands for the most part, give it to Debo, give it to Ayuk, give it to Kittle, give it to CMC, and let their playmakers win the game, and then let the defense just stop them on the other side. So I think they're going to kind of – I think that's why they're navigating in that direction is partially for Jimmy, but for the future, it's it's for Lance. So I have a question because, again, didn't get to watch this game, but it looks pretty comparable when you're looking at total yards, passing yards, rushing yards. I mean, it's I say pretty comparable. It's it's definitely leaning obviously in Kansas City's favor, but the sacks allowed. I see five sacks allowed for San Francisco last week. Did they convert on a lot of those sacks, or like what about that? Or do you think it was just mental at that point where they just kept getting hit and hit and hit? And I mean, towards the towards the end of the game, it was probably just more of a physical breach. They were just letting people come. Th- I mean, when you're down 20 points or whatever, it's yeah. in the fourth. It's it's probably pretty debilitating, and they were they were beat up. I mean, Patrick Mahomes picked them apart pretty pretty nicely. So maybe a little bit of the mental game, maybe a little bit of the physical. I'm not quite sure. But... Were those interceptions ever converted to <laughs> touchdowns, or were they just? You know, uh, I mean, they got, I think Kansas City. I'm not looking at it right now, but I think they had 44 points. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, yeah, I imagine most of those were probably converted into points of some type. Yeah. The big the biggest issue with San Fran is um, I think Jimmy G is averaging like two interceptions a game, and these interceptions are coming on probably scoring op- not scoring opportunities, but it would. You know, these are getting them down into the red zone. These are plays that... It's a no. Uh, yeah, so he yeah. more... Not only are you giving the other team an opportunity to come down and now put points on you on an interception, but you're taking points off the board yourself because he's... It, yeah. yeah, he's um he's a decent quarterback. He is, you know, kind of a high B-plus kind of quarterback. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, he, he could be a... Yeah, he could be a starter somewhere, but, you know... if you Jimmy just doesn't options. have... Jimmy doesn't have like what would people would consider potentially like an X factor, right? Doesn't have Lamar's speed. He doesn't have Josh Allen's size. He doesn't have Patrick Mahomes' arm. He doesn't have like Aaron Rodgers' like expertise. You know, he whatever you want to lean on, he is a good quintessential quarterback. The size of him, his arm, his accuracy is all I think what you were saying B plus. Um, but when you go up against a 
Super Bowl MVP type caliber with a Hall of Fame caliber head coach, and it's a, you know that's that's a tall task for for anyone. And to your point is, I don't care if you're Kenny Pickett, Lamar, Josh Allen, if you're throwing two three picks and giving them instant red zone, you lose. That you you will lose. I mean, we looked at even Week One, which is super funny because you guys have just been like upsetting people so much. But Week One. Pittsburgh got like five turnovers and beat the Bengals. I know, granted, it was an overtime and it was a close game, which is crazy, but you cannot give up turnovers and win the game. Two, maybe, if they're in the right spot, but if they're in red zones and they, they're able to convert, it's good. That's, a, that's tough for anyone to, to out, outperform. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely agree. I guess the last game that we can wrap up with last week, unless there's more that you guys wanted to talk about that caught your eye, but I think we talked about how Belichick and his success and blah, 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 he was going to crush the bears and then looking at a 33 14 finale with the bears winning what the hell happened there yeah so i mean totally right on that part of it i mean swing and a miss i'll eat i'll take my my medicine on that one but in the first half i thought i was right on in the second half um justin fields did justin fields things you know i a lot of people were really happy with that I actually got to golf with a buddy that's a big chicago fan and uh he was talking about it and it is great because they did get the win and that's what's important but it's almost kind of like looking at a Lamar Jackson in his rookie year. It's like, that's just not a sustainable way to win. And you can't really plan around him running 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage and then running 60 yards forward to get a 30-yard first down. So it's just, it's good for some games. It's good to scramble, but the Bears will definitely have to figure out how to score with with, with Justin Fields' arms and with, with offensive schemes versus just kind of like, uh, you know, park football. What about the yep, three options uh, thrown by Patriots? So, yeah, they uh, they they have a crisis right now at yeah, quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Mac Jones came out, looked terrible, gets benched. Zappy comes out, looks like the saver because he scores he two touchdowns he's... on two broken coverages. Not really like true, you know, touchdowns. You know, the the, the coverage was just wide open. There was it was non-existent. So Zappy looks like he's going to save the day. They go in halftime. They come back out. Zappy looks like Mac Jones, or Mac Jones looks like Zappy. I don't know. They both look bad. They don't know who to play quarterback. Zappy goes out, throws interceptions, can't get the ball moving. And then, yeah, Justin Fields, they, they realize Chicago's best player is probably Justin Fields running the ball. Uh-huh. And, yeah. um, you know, just getting big chunk yardage. And, you know, we didn't see it in the first half, so I don't think the Patriots necessarily got to go into halftime game planning for that. And basically, that's just how they – uh finish out the second half and knowing that kind of get an answer for uh, fields and he basically controlled the rest of that game and we've seen just such a strange like <clears throat> mock-up of these quarterbacks like i don't remember in, uh, in previous years and i could be wrong of course but like you know we're looking at all these teams where it's like you're having these billy zappies come in these pj walkers come in these guys come in and they're better than the starters you know, I know the Colts are going without Matt Ryan, and although he's been a passing leader through these weeks, I'll be really interested to see how this young kid does. I don't think he's gonna do too great, but um, but Matt Ryan has like been you know a little here. ugly there too. So, you know, and then like even like Dak, you know, like Dak going out and um, you know the the second strings jumping in and like re- winning games and looking great, and so it's really kind of the year of like the shift of quarterbacks. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how how it all unfolds for the rest of the weeks. I would I would assume Chicago going forward does not win like they did. Nor do I think they win many games. I think they lose this week to Dallas, and I just think it was one of those games where Justin Fields was able to find a uh, 
a weakness in that, that defense of the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I still think I'm not on the Bears train quite yet. Um, I do think that that Cowboys defense with Parsons and Diggs and some of those other guys over Lawrence, some of those other guys over there will be able to. I think Parsons' speed will be able to ma- to contain Fields. Um, maybe not all the way, but at least where he's not making these ridiculous scrambles and like keeping the games alive. Um, the Cowboys are without Zeke, but I don't think that that's much of a. Uh, you know, I don't think that that's like a huge powerhouse. Tony Pollard, I think, is kind of the main guy here anyway. So, uh, yeah, I think I think the Cowboys will will take that one. Fair enough. Well, I think that's a good segue to take us into Week Eight then. So, coming into Week Eight, we already have one game out of the way, one game underway, and we're in Q4 of that right now. But the uh, the Ravens had their uh, their moment against the Bucks again. So even though Tom Brady had a shit week last week, he still couldn't necessarily pick it back up this week. So 27-22 there. Anything you want to say about your team there, Chris? <laughs> no, nope, I was just happy. The, 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 the first half, I was ripping my hair out. The second half looked like Raven football. I hope to God that they go back in and that uh, Gus Edwards is able to keep playing because I do think that Mike Davis and the other running backs, you know, Justice Hill had a couple good runs, but I think it all hinges on the fact of having an, a, a running back that has the ability to break arm tackles like a Gus Edwards or obviously JK, who will not be back for another six weeks. So, um, Ravens, I think, will continue to drive as long as Gus Edwards stays healthy and Lamar stays healthy and they can continue to run the ball. But that was the only good thing for me was that I got to see what looked like Raven football once again. Yep, I I, I think the Ravens win this division. They got, you know, they got a good team. They just got to get some stuff figured out. It looked like they did that second half. So as long as they can keep that yeah, up. Yeah, if you're running 250 a... yards in the second half, I mean, that's yeah. that's 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 a monster game for us so yeah hopefully if, they're not if they revert back to their first half yeah they'll start yeah they'll look like they did in the first half yeah <laughs> if they can keep rolling now they how they did in the second half they should be all right all right so what games then are you guys excited for this week week eight one game i'm excited for is uh carolina Minnesota. sorry cardinals minnesota um deandre hopkins is back you got uh jefferson on the other side you know, um, I think this is going to be a good test for the Cardinals to see, you know, they got a a win last week. You know, it, it kind of really came off of their defense, but you can see the connection that Kyler and Hopkins had immediately. I think he had 10 catches or like 106 yards or something like that. No touchdowns, but, you know, he was being hyper-targeted, and I think that's going to continue in this game. Uh, Minnesota has... You know, not one of the best defenses, so I think it's going to kind of maybe hopefully be a, a, a good shootout here. Uh, I was hoping um, for a track meet on this one, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm for high points. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's a Jefferson versus D-Hop. Uh, D-Hop is one of those players that is an absolute game changer, as you just said. Like, hey, he's coming back, 10 catches, 100-plus yards. No touchdown, I don't believe, but, you know, still very productive, you know, with them being able to get the ball to him. I think it should be good. I definitely think this is going to be a – um a high-flying offense and kind of the point earlier is if d-hop is going downfield and they're able to score points the vikings although run with dalvin cook really well they're going to have to keep up so that means they're going to be airing it out to uh jefferson and thielen maybe some herb smith action there in the red zone so yeah that that is going to be a really good game um so yeah i'm, I'm excited that for that one what about i do think i'm reading here from sorry one last thing yeah. that, real quick i do um i do think though if minnesota which i do believe they probably win this game but I believe this is going to be a big Irv Smith game. If I was going to take a, a crazy bet out on a two-touchdown score from someone, it would be Irv Smith. Arizona's yeah, they're going to run Buda last against tight ends. Um, 
if they were smart, they run that safety over top on Jefferson. So it'll yeah. definitely leave it'll definitely leave a tight end open there. I agree, and I do take the Vikings to win the game. I don't think it's going to be potentially below it. I'm not quite sure, but I I think they win. Um, but hopefully, hopefully a really good game. Yeah. So this tweet from at the real Forno is saying the Arizona Cardinals are without their entire left side of their offensive line with LT DJ Humphreys, LG Max Garcia, and center Rodney Hudson all inactive. The Vikings pass rush should feast today. Is that well? Let me put it this way: so there's there's two, there's there's kind of a school of thought with that. So yeah, it does suck losing offensive linemen. So definitely starters. That is, that will be tough. Um, because yeah, Zadarius Smith is gonna eat. I I would buy put him on multiple sacks today. Um, but the thing about that is, it's like their line wasn't great to start with, and 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 they have a mobile quarterback. So although that is a thing that is definitely weighted big. I don't think I don't necessarily know if that's going to affect them massively, unless for some reason their first or second string is just like this huge cliff drop off. But um, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting for that pass rush. It's going to need to be good play calling from Cliff because if he's doing all these crazy things and Tyler's not getting enough time, yeah. When y'all see the wide receiver of... screens on a third and seven, you just yeah. know it's a Cliff call. I wonder if there's any bets for calling timeout because Kyler's pissed. You know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. But moving on with that, I mean, I have actually a couple games. I know that yes, for one here, but I gotta give, I gotta give two. One of them is a little bit more of a troll, and the other one is real because I am interested to see how this goes. I think it could be the upset of the week. I, as a Ravens fan, am excited to watch Pittsburgh get the absolute breaks beat off of them by the Eagles coming off a bye. I think that's gonna obviously be the blowout of the week. Uh, besides maybe the the Bills and the the Green Bay game, but so I'm excited for that as a fan. But the the game I'm actually really interested in here. It's going to be the Titans at Houston. And I know Houston really has struggled. Obviously, Damian Pierce looks like a workhorse. But, um, you know, I heard Brennan Cooks is on the trading block. Uh, although Davis Mills tries his best, uh, they just don't have a lot of offensive weapons out there. So that could be a, a big piece of it. Also, with that being said, I think the last two times Derrick Henry has played the Texans, he has like a combined like 200 and some odd rushing yards. So he has monster games against Houston. The big concern here is Ryan Tannehill, the starting quarterback for the Titans, is out, and they are playing uh, Willis, their rookie, so out of liberty that they got in the draft. So my only concern for him is, and again, we have a very small data pool. One, he's a rookie, so, you know, obviously a little bit more uh, prone to making mistakes. And the Texans' defense, it does hold once in a while, and they have a decent secondary there. So I'll be interested to see that part. The other thing is, is he also got ripped out of those preseason games from Vrabel because he wouldn't pass the ball. He would just tuck it and run it. I'm not saying he shouldn't do that. I'm not on the field with him. But what I'm saying is, is that I think he's going to, the speed of the game will be interesting to see because he was the biggest project quarterback coming out of college to be drafted. And I believe that's why he fell to the fourth. So without a lot of that uh, game time play, I imagine the Titans, if they were smart, are just going to hand the ball to King Henry, which is what I would do, which in that point they should win. But I'm going to take the Texans here as a massive uh, as a massive uh, upset. Texans win it at the end, kick a field goal, one or two, and and they'll win it. Okay. Yeah, no. I'm not uh, betting money on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of you said it. I mean, the, the reason, yes, Willis is coming in, he's a rookie, but he's playing the Texans. I mean, it's not, yeah, you know. He's it's not, this is the best game he could go play in. <laughs> yeah, like you said, you know, the Steelers are playing Philadelphia. Philadelphia is the best team in the NFL right now. Steelers are a bottom team right now. That is a rookie quarterback going against 
the best secondary in the NFL, the best line in the NFL, the best linebacker core in the NFL. So on the other side with Willis, yes, they, you know, they might have an okay secondary, but I think they rank 29th against the run. So this is a gun. This is going to be a very big Derrick Henry game. I would take probably over 120 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Um, if Derrick Henry gets going, it's going to be, like I said, the last two games, he has controlled them. But with that being said, that's also with, that was with Tannehill, and that was still with A.J. Brown. So I, I and, and right now, they have Traylon Burks is hurt. You yep. know, Robert Woods is, is what Robert he is. Woods. <laughs> yeah. um, they, they don't have any receiving options there, and... I, you know, you are playing with the rookie quarterback. So, yes, unless Rabel goes out there and he planned for a very bad, you know, pl- plan, you know, this is all you need to do is give it hen- give it to Henry, mm-hmm. let him do his thing. He is going to just be, you know. What's the, snap count snap? What's the snap count stat? How many does Derek Henry need? I think need? Over, over 20 snaps, he always gets 100 yards. Yeah, over 20, or it's like 22 or something like that. Over 22 yeah. snaps or something like that, he always gets 100 yards. Anything less than that, he's like under like 60. Wow. So so as long as they feed him, he will do well. That's what I'm saying is like if I was the Titans, obviously that's the game plan anyway, whether you have Tannehill or not. But uh, I've but seen crazier things, and again, Texans, don't he you will. Don't that then? Like aren't you going to try to shut Stack the box? Well, uh, you have to remember, Derrick Henry is a absolute <laughs> Mack truck. So, like, you, it's it's kind of like saying, like, Lamar. Like, oh, well, Lamar's going to scramble. We should just, like, plan for that. Like, good luck. You know what I mean? It's just – it's just again, these are the type of players that have – and that's kind of my knock on Jimmy G is, like, you have, like, a Derrick Henry. Like, that is an X-factor type player. That is a guy that you can plan your best for. But at the end of the day, the linebacker still has to fill the gap that he's coming down. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like I admit – mentioned earlier i'm like after you do it so much like as a linebacker you get tired of being hit by the guy that you're supposed to be tackling right and derrick henry is the biggest as they come you know so he god yeah. if you're a linebacker flat-footed and you catch derrick henry coming downhill my god i would not <laughs> want to be that in that again and then on top of that again running the ball clock is running possession 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 so the defense gets more and more tired and then if the texans go out there and they're three and out and their defense has to come back out two, three minutes later again, they're going to get really tired. You'll see hands on the hips. You'll see the heavy breathing, and then you'll just see the domination of the running backs, which, by the way, I do want to know. I forget his name here because I think they change him all the time. The The guy who sits behind Derrick Henry, that kid can play. Kid catches the ball real well. He had a couple early touchdowns earlier in the season. Um, played really well. So, yeah, the, I'll, I'll – I'm not saying that the Texans, I, I think, are a better team by any stretch of it. I just think with the rookie quarterback, it'll it'll be interesting to see for sure. And then the other part that I did want to bring up here as well is um, I was actually just reading online a little bit earlier. It looks like Alvin Kamara could be on the trading block, and the two teams that he's projected to go to if they made a trade would be the Eagles or the Bills, which would just be an absolute – although he looks like crap this year – I think if he changed the team, obviously something more in the powerhouse, the Bills, the Eagles, that is a Super Bowl splash um, type of player to, to rein in for your team. So that would be immense I mean, I if they got him. Crap, but yeah. He's just not scoring touchdowns this year, but he, I mean, his productivity lot, yeah. is still, yeah. I mean, So Adam Kamara-ish, but he's, he, yeah, he's not, he's not getting the touchdowns like Norm. I mean, he's a, he was a touchdown leader last year and the year prior to that. So it's just, it's kind of an interesting thing. I also wonder if teams are going to gamble on Kamara because of the looming suspension and i think he's being sued right now for a good amount of money for that bar fight so just some legal issues wrapped around him as well so we'll be interested to see if uh you know teams teams come after him but uh with that being said i think those are kind of the games i'm really interested for i mean 
when you look at some of these other ones, the Dolphins at the Lions, meh. Washington at Colts, meh. You know, so we have a couple games here, like uh, the Raiders and the Saints. That'll be kind of interesting, but I heard that Darren Waller's actually not playing today, so that's going to be another kind of uh, interesting game. And uh, I believe that Landry and Mike Thomas are still out, so that means uh, Chris Olave should uh, have a big game for New Orleans. A, a game I'm actually said for um, is the the Niners Rams. I mean, we kind of touched about it with the, the, the great divisional game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. I think these are, you know, we're going to see Arizona play against Minnesota. I know it's not a divisional game, but you know, Minnesota's a good team. NFC West, but, good game. Yeah. yeah so I, I think you know we're going to see what we're going to see from uh, the Cards. You know, if they look good, maybe they they have a you know shot at winning this. I mean, no one's running away with the NFC West right now. I think they're mm-hmm. tied at four and three three and four well no they had a buy so it's it's, uh three and four and three and three yeah so i mean they're still in contention but i i do Mm -hmm. believe with these niners rams i think um you know these two teams will lead that division and i think whoever wins today will probably have a good shot at winning the division yeah Yeah. i do believe it will be the niners i mean the rams i they just I don't Matt know. Matt Stafford is, is turning over the ball just too much, and we talked about that yeah. earlier in the cast. Is he turns the ball over too much, and um and and they're having so much trouble. We were laughing about this with fantasy. Is like Cam Akers, they're not the guy. Daryl Henderson, not the guy. The rookie that's coming back from injury. Hopefully, he is the guy. We've also heard links about uh them taking like potentially Kareem Hunt from the Browns before the trade. So the Rams are definitely having a problem establishing the run and being successful with the run. And I know that that's kind of his play action offense over. Sean McVay of how they have to have an established run game. So I do think the Niners win win today. The Rams still have great defense with Aaron Donald and Ramsey and all those guys over there. But I think the Niners will probably take that one probably more on the defensive side of the ball. I think the defense will just beat Matt Stafford. Um, but yeah, that'll that's another good matchup. And as I'm looking at these, I, I got to say it here because I, as much as it pains me, I have to give some respect where it's due. The Giants and the Seahawks game. Is a big game. That's six and one versus a four and three team. They're in Seattle. It's going to be an interesting game. Of does Saquon or Kenneth Walker run the ball more? <laughs> yep, so I think that's going to be kind of an exciting game to watch. And I also think that game could potentially be the fastest game because if they run the ball like that and the clock is just ticking, that game could be over quick. Absolutely, and you know I talked about the Cardinals. I mean, and the other NFC West teams. I you know I did not mention Seattle because. Call me crazy, but I do believe that she's going to drop for Geno Smith here sooner than later. He looks good. I mean, he still looks good, but I think he's going to start coming across some of these um, these teams that are better on defense and maybe struggle a little bit. Ken Walker looks great, um, but I believe I, – I don't know if DK is playing today. Do you he know is. He's he is listed playing. as him and Lockett are listed as active, even with his, uh, his injury. doesn't sound like it's too much – my take on this one is going to be who can run the ball better. And I have a feeling that the Giants, with the defensive coordinator and the way they've been playing, if they – I mean, if you look back, if the Giants don't get an 80-yard rush with Saquon that turns into a touchdown, if the Seahawks don't get 200-plus yards with Kenneth Walker, it's it's not quite as dynamic. So I think that if the Giants can uh, stack the box and not allow him to have a massive rush, I think the Giants will probably take it. Yep, I'd probably take the Giants to you. I think what I was just kind of saying with Geno Smith, if he doesn't, like he does look good, but I don't think he's one of those quarterbacks that can make other receiving options look good. I think 
you know. He's I, the I Jimmy even, G of the Seahawks. Yeah, I even said like with the whole Russell Wilson trade, I'm like him going there. I'm like I'd rather take, I'd rather have Lockett and DK than Sutton and Judy. But you know, they're they're all good receivers. But DK and Lockett have proven it over the years that they are actually definitely, definitely very good receivers. It. Yeah, and um, so I think you know Smith, you know, really benefits from that. And now he gets Ken Walker. Like he has these playmakers around him. Um, if those playmakers, like you said, aren't able to do anything, if Lockett and DK are dealing with injuries and they can't be out there 100% of the time or do these plays that they normally do, I think Seattle's going to have a tough time with the Giants. Yeah. The Giants, though, are one of those teams that, like, they win games. But they um, only win by two points. But, it's, but yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> like one I of those said, things. In, in, in every game, Saquon has a 50-yard rushing attempt or more in every yeah. game. So, again, if you stop his one or two massive rushes – I think they can be easily stopped. Obviously, that's easier said than done. Stopping Saquon, you know, out in the flat and yeah. open field, tackling him. But, um, but again, I think that New York also. I, I don't think Danny Dimes is winning the games. I think it's all on Saquon's back and that defense. They're blitzing like crazy. They're making good plays, getting pressure to quarterbacks. So, um, you know, good on them. And the the last game I did want to talk about, uh, if we can shift slight gears, is actually the Monday night game. It's actually a pretty big game. Uh, it's the Bengals and the Browns, and again, it's just a divisional matchup here. I do think the Bengals probably handled the Browns just from what we've seen in, in the last couple of weeks, but another big one because the Bengals lost to Pittsburgh, the Bengals lost to Baltimore, uh, the Browns lost to Baltimore, so it's 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 these divisional games over the last couple of weeks are really going to start adding up because we don't have another divisional game until Pittsburgh, and that's that's further down the road. That's towards December, the end of the season. So yeah. so these divisional wins are going to be really, really impactful here, um, especially for the Bengals to keep up uh, with, with the Ravens because we kind of have an idea of where the Browns and Pittsburgh may end. But uh, the, the Bengals are going to have to get some division wins in there to, to stay competitive. And that's going to be, you know, we'll see if that'll be difficult. Jamar Chase obviously out. You know, they said um, it's not he's not going to hit IR, but, you know, they are expecting a four to six week return. You know, which could maybe work out for their, you know, in their benefit if they um, get a fresh pair of legs come playoff well, time. Yeah, as long as long as they're winning games, though, up to him coming back. You know, if they go out there and you know that's their bread and butter is those deep plays to Jamar yeah, Chase. To Jamar Chase. Yeah. So now Tyler Boyd's going to slide out there. You know, T Higgins I think really benefits from this, but who's going to be that slot guy now? You know, they are already missing their tight end as well. So you know, it could be. It could be a little tougher for them to be scoring points, and you know, I, I think the way Burrow is playing right now, I think they'll be okay against Cleveland, anyways. But yes, yeah. you know, if they go the next x amount of weeks until Chase gets back, and they're not winning those games, that could potentially, you know, remove them from playoff contention. But yes, it, it could, and that's that's the scary thing. We've talked about this uh, again offline. Is like our division, the AFC North, could potentially have one person in the playoffs this year. Could, it yeah. could be very possible. And that's what, I mean, Baltimore's only got two losses, so they, you know, they're looking like the front runner. I mean, if Cleveland goes out and wins this game, this is just better for Baltimore. That puts everyone at least three games behind you, and, um, you know, it kind of gives you a, a, you know, a clear run to the, to the finish line. But, obviously, we still have a lot of division matchups. But, you know, T.J. Watts rumored to come back soon, and, other things so there's definitely some upsets that could happen that could affect this playoff pitcher but in this game particularly i would probably still give it to cincinnati to be cleveland on monday night um just might not look 
like a butt whooping if they had Jamar Chase. Right, yeah, I totally agree with that. It's going to be the Aaron Rodgers-Devontae Adams story without Chase, but they do have a bunch of other talent on that team, so yeah, I think that they handle them, but we'll definitely see it. It's a divisional game, and if there's anything I've learned about divisional games is that they are always tight, so that'll be interesting. I got to ask one last question here. Jake, as you're looking over the games here, mm-hmm. and I know you're not maybe as, as deep as Tyler and I into some of these uh, into some of these teams or the stats and things like that. Get me you excited about, man. What are you looking at here? And you're like, ah, man, I'm looking for an upset. I'm looking for domination. Like, what are, what are you looking for here? What, what, what game excites you? Well, I, I think two of them excite me and kind of for the reasons of last week, but the Commanders Colts looks good. And I, the reason I say that is obviously <clears throat> they have a little bit of a high that they're riding from last week, shutting down Rodgers. They're three and four versus Colts, who's three, three and one. So pretty comparable score thus far. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that's gonna necessarily pan out, but because I think they're evenly matched, it's not like a complete blowout like some of the other games that we've talked about as far as their seasonal record so far. I think that could be an interesting game, and I would want to bet on the Commanders just again because they have that momentum from last week. And then well, and, the, and you got to remember the Colts are without Matt Ryan this year. Well, I think for the rest of the season, so they are bringing in the uh, the young guy. So the backup is playing for the Colts against the backup in the Washington. So yeah. it, it, uh, it's it's funny that you know both these team, teams made a trade for their quarterbacks, and now both of these quarterbacks <laughs> are being benched in this game. And they might be looking at themselves like, hey, you know, Ron, yeah, what's going on over there, Frank? Well, that's Did so we funny because it's the Colts of Washington. Yeah, did. did you have Carson Wentz? Yeah, we had Carson Wentz. Do you have Carson Wentz? We don't have him anymore. Neither do we. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. It, um, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I think I don't know. I mean, it's a tough game. Like I thought the Colts. Seeing what the Colts were last year with Carson Wentz, I didn't think they could get worse with uh, Matt Ryan. You know, him not playing today, I, you know, I still thought it'd be, you know, Johnson Taylor still with injuries and stuff like that. But I'm like, they, they, the Colts look bad, and Washington, they've been bad. So, <laughs> so that's why I'm kind they of excited. Win, like they're not, yeah, but they, you know. but they win some good games. So I don't know. I, I, I do think that. I think it'll be entertaining. You know, it's not going to necessarily... Yeah, I I was going to say, I think this one could go either ways. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, I think it'll be a fun game to watch. Yeah, I could see it go either ways. I could see this being a lower-scoring game with a lot of turnovers from the quarterbacks. So, and like you said, Jonathan Taylor just, even as a number one running back, you know, coming into the league and things like that, it's just, um, hasn't really panned out this year for him. So yeah, that that is a good game. That's a good call. I think the other one, for the same kind of reason, is going to be Packers-Bills, right? Now, Bills should be an obvious favorite. You've heard us talk about that on the podcast throughout and my long-running you know, Super Bowl bet on Bills winning. <laughs> Big $3 riding on that. But after Aaron Rodgers just collapsed on the field after last game last week, it was uh, it was obvious that he was, you know, taking it a little personal and it was it was a big shock to the system to lose to somebody like the Commanders. So I would I would think that he's got a chip on his shoulder and something to prove this week. And obviously the Bills are just, you know, continuing to dominate. So seasonal records there is three and four versus five and one. So Bills are still doing great, but it'll be interesting to see if they keep the gas on or if they decide to kind of let off a little bit, maybe even sacrifice a win. But, I, you know, not that they're necessarily wanting to do that, but if Rodgers just comes out swinging today, we'll have to see. Now, again, in that Commanders game, it was won by rushing. So if Rodgers keeps trying to be the hero here, pass the ball all day i don't know that it's necessarily going to pan out for him but yeah that's uh that's a tall task whenever you're sitting there saying to yourself i'm gonna have to outpass josh allen or patrick mahomes it's usually the wrong game plan to script for i think that is going to be an interesting game because the packers are kind of on a fight or flight mode they are three and four the bears are three and four the vikings are five and one so the division is really starting to kind of take off with the packers kind of 
you know, really bringing up the rear there. So they do need to win a game, but this is a tall task. So I do think this is going to be one of the games where the Bills easily handle Green Bay because I just can't imagine Josh Allen being stopped by them. Yeah. Um, I think this will be kind of up there with the Pittsburgh Eagles game. Um, but we'll definitely, we'll definitely see, you know, last week too, where it's just, it's, you have these old it's just a total mock-up household yep. names and it's kind of the end of this era now where you expect them to do well. And maybe this is the year that they both start slipping and it's kind of interesting yep. to see. And, and I, I was actually just looking at the game too. It's the Patriots and the Jets, the three and four Pats versus the five and two Jets. And everything in my head says, pick the Patriots, take that defense, take Bill Belichick. But honestly, not a chance today. I'm going Jets, baby. We're going New York. So it's going to be going to be an interesting week. We've got a couple good games that could be uh, coin tosses. we got some good divisional games. we got some good leadership games, potential some blowouts here as well. So should be a, another great week but of New football. New York Pride is definitely running deep. you got the Bills, you got the Giants, and the Jets, and all of them are doing pretty well this year. So, I uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see if it's not like a New York to New York Super Bowl, Giants, Bills, or something like that. But um yeah, I, I don't know. It'll be some good games. If I had to make any bets, which I have made a couple of bets, um, I can go over those. But while I pull those up, what, what about you guys? I know, Tyler, you're making bets these days. Chris, I'm not sure if you're still <laughs> still on the free. Uh, or not, but we I, I took my earnings and I ran and I haven't the redeposited them yet. So <laughs> If I was going to give some guaranteed touchdown scores today, I'd probably say Derrick Henry would be a guarantee. Probably. Um, I, I would probably guarantee a Tony Pollard touchdown. Okay. Uh, who else? I'm thinking... Stefan Diggs uh, will have a touchdown. Yeah, I mean... Stephon, and I, I, I think Christian we... McCaffrey as well. But again, yeah, he's kind I, of new to the team. Don't know if that's actually going to You know what, I, actually, and as I'm looking over this again is, <clears throat> you know, it'll be interesting because we really haven't seen it since he got hurt, but Tua's playing the Lions... And now that he's back, he got a week against Pittsburgh. It was kind of an ugly game for the the Dolphins. Um, you know, obviously the Lions have struggled. Their their defense is not able to you know hold anyone for the most part. So I wonder if uh, if 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 uh, Hill and Waddle have a big game today and they just air it out against the Lions. So could see a bunch of touchdowns there in in, in Miami. Uh, they're in Detroit, yeah. but from Miami. <laughs> I, I would assume so. I mean, the the Lions are giving up the most points of any team. So um, I do think you know. Two is gonna, even though they did look very bad, and you should have had four interceptions last game. Uh, I don't believe there's really, you know, too many play callers on the Lions. Obviously, we watch Hard Knocks. They always keep you hyped up. You think that this is this is the year for that team, and they come back out, and they're still the Lions. But um, yeah, I would I would assume. I would assume a lot of scoring from Miami as well. And I did want to add just one last thing before we sign it out for there uh, for the day as well. But um, I'm not sure if you guys saw as we were waiting for the quarter four to kind of wind down there. But Denver did beat Jacksonville in London, 21-17. So let's ride, baby. So he is going in. Uh, Russell Wilson still looked like shit. 18 for 30 for 252 yards and one touchdown. Um, so that is not a not a good passer rating at all. But he did uh, outperform Trevor Lawrence and the. Uh, and the Jags, Travis Etienne had a massive game. 24 attempts, 156 yards, and a touchdown. Wow. Oof. So, Jags, uh, two but yeah. Do, do you think Russell is on the plane, like, saying, like, I won that game? Do you sure think, like... It's a team yeah. sport. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it's the, I'm sure, I'm I mean, sure in, it's the quarterback role, who picked Trevor Lawrence off. <laughs> in his robot nice way, like, do yeah. you think he's in his head, like, I did that? Hell yeah. Like, or, I don't know. Like, I don't think he says that, and he said, I think he just sits there, and he's just like, let's ride. Well, yeah, he's saying that, he's he's on the other side as well, right? Like, when they lose, Get I hope he's going, I lost that, because he did, but, you know. For anyone out there that's a Keem Peel fan, I just always think of it where it's the, the hype man, and he's just yelling off into the sunset, 
Ah, yeah, I was just, let's wrap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alright, Russ, get on the goddamn plane. Let's go home. <laughs> oh, I did make a two-leg parlay this week because last week's five-leg just destroyed me with the legs. bucks and everything. So I got I got the Eagles to win against the Steelers. Sorry, Tyler. And I got the Giants to win against the Seahawks. So again, I think I'm an outlier picking the Giants all the time here, but they have yet to disappoint me. So I'm just going to keep riding. I, uh, no, I'll take I'll take the Giants. I'll take the Giants in this one. I, I would I would like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm taking the Giants. That. I think the Giants defense will will do a better job of shutting Kenneth Walker and Geno Smith down than than vice versa. So I will I'll take the Giants on this one. And um if we were just gonna do like a you know a prop bet on a player, I got uh, DeAndre Hopkins over six and a half receptions today. I mean, I think that's a pretty. I, hope, I think that's I definitely a layup, and especially a game like this. I hope he gets some. Yep. So let's just. Uh, I'm gonna ask you one last thing here, Tyler. Before we, I don't want to make any cash bets here because I'm gonna take my twenty dollars run that I spent <laughs> on cocktails yesterday. But, um, who do you think the, uh, who do you think's gonna be the top quarterback? wide receiver and running back in terms of uh let's just say like do you want to on be the like week yeah like on, on the week yeah because i guess i guess that could be tough right because like we might get into like a travis kelsey situation where like he didn't get any yards but he got four touchdowns so is that better than the the tight end who got 110 yards right so right. so let's just like let's put into perspective of uh of who you think actually let's do a little fun we'll do a little twist on this because we don't do this often who do you think is going to be the fantasy quarterback wide receiver and running back for this week Quarterback, I'll take Jalen Hurt. I think he has over, <laughs> I don't know, 220 passing, another 100 rushing, probably a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So I I would assume he's probably the top quarterback on the week. If not, I'd probably go with the obvious choice in Josh Allen against Green Bay. But yeah. even Jalen yeah, Hurt. Yeah, the, the two blow-up games, yeah. So yeah. I agree with Josh. Um, I was going to go first, back, too. Yeah. Derrick Henry. Oh, um, Okay rookie quarterback against a team that can't stop a run give me one of the best running backs in the league Derrick Henry one touchdown at least maybe multiple over 100 yards I think they're just going to keep handing it off to him if Hillary yeah. gets a touchdown as a vulture and I'm counting it as <laughs> um, and uh, receiver uh, give me I'm going to say Justin Jefferson Cardinals are okay. terrible on defense um Justin Jefferson is going to burn them all day. They're not going to need to really run the ball against the Cardinals um, unless, you know, the game script, they just get up too much and they're just trying to run the clock out. But I think Kyler on the other side with D-Hop, they're going to at least try to keep it competitive and score some touchdowns. So, yeah, yeah, I would go Jefferson as the top receiver. So, yeah, we we, I mean, I think we were kind of aligned there because we kind of were guessing the blowout games of Packers and Bills and Steelers and Eagles. So I think Hurts or probably – in terms of total yards, probably going to be Josh Allen because he just, you know, will rip the ball for 400 yards versus the Eagles, who I think are a little more balanced and will actually run the ball. Um, so I definitely think it's going to be Hurts, Hurts on that end, or potentially, yeah, uh, Josh Allen if we're looking at just yardage. Um, I agree. Another thing, real quick, sorry. What's that? Buffalo coming off a of bye. I got two weeks to prepare for this butt whooping. The they're Eagles about to are coming out. off a of bye. <laughs> I sure hope, yeah, I mean, Buffalo. so. Aaron's got something to yeah. prove, but yeah, the Buffaloes have it in their favor. Yeah, the Eagles, the Eagles are coming off a bye. I'm wondering too that because I, I've been reading things about the Steelers, and again, who knows what's what's true and what's not, what's actually going to happen. But they're talking about if Matt Canada <laughs> does true. not do better, they're going to fire his true. ass after this game if they do not do better. I hope it happens so at we'll halftime. We'll, uh, like Antonio Brown is ass. I get want, out of here. I, I want Ben Roethlisberger to rise up like the Undertaker from the <laughs> field somewhere. Come out with a headset on. As they, as they push him out in a wheelchair. Yeah. yeah so I think, I'm I, so I think 
Hurts or Allen, definitely for there. I do agree. I think the Cardinals and Vikings games could be a shootout. So, like, I I'm thinking Justin Jefferson as well in total yardage, although he doesn't get a touchdown worth a damn. But here, I'm going to switch it up a little bit with the running back here, okay? Going with Saquon. I think Saquon is going to have a game against Seattle. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take I'm going to take them. I'm going to take I'm going to take Saquon to take it. I think Derrick Henry definitely is like again from the stats we were talking about in the last couple meetings of them, but I'm going to I'm going to go out a little bit on Saquon. He's just been a absolute monster. So I think this is going to be kind of a game for him to solidify that he's the best running back in the league. So yeah. Let me let me yeah. ask you this then. Do you think that Lockett and Metcalf will make it through the entire game? No. I don't think Metcalf will. If yeah, I mean they they were looking doubtful coming into this game, yeah. but now they're gonna play and to see what they can, I can do. I could see I could see Metcalf like trying to make a play in like the first or second quarter, going for a big play, coming down hard, and then getting pulled for the rest of the game. Um, yeah, I could see him. Locker. I've seen Seattle where they don't even target him. You're supposed to run as a wide receiver, you know, like that's, And that's his that's thing. Tough. So I mean, like he's <laughs> a big, fast, physical guy. So that's what. Yeah, I don't. If and he does if make it through the full you game, got a rib injury, right? You get taken down with one nice catch. Yep. Your ass is grass. You're done. <laughs> right. So so it's gonna be so it's gonna be really interesting for them, and that's kind of why I'm on the on the Giants train here. Is I just don't think that they're gonna be able to unless Kenneth Walker has a, another really really strong game. I think it's gonna be. Uh, I think it'll be the Giants on that one. So yep. so. All right, well, we got a good game, and uh, as Chris likes to say, seven hours of uninterrupted football. Seven hours <laughs> of uninterrupted football. Seven that mean? hours. That's our boy, Mr. Hansen, on the Red Zone channel. I hope everyone tunes in for it. That's a, that's a plug for the NFL Network there. But, yeah, go get something to drink. Make yourself something to eat. Sit down. Watch the games. Enjoy. We'll see what we got right. We'll see what we got wrong. And, uh excited we're better than last week because last week was yeah. a blowout yeah, no, on our prediction that was a lot of people say be called but we got up and i did want to put this out there too is i can't call him because i because we he's already done for the day but potentially running back one could be travis et and as i was talking about those stats earlier hmm. so 156 yards is a boatload and a touchdown so we'll see yeah. if he if he if he can stay at the top or if henry chases him down and my texans bet blows up in my face so we'll see <laughs> we will see all right, guys. Good luck on week All eight. Right. We'll see you next week. All right. Have a good week eight. Yep. See you.